Todd, an emergency uh, podcast episode, episode two of Tab Sports, coming to you right after the national championship game, uh, Bama wins 45-40. I am Andrew Bauschelt. This is Todd Moore, and we're finally returning with the Tab Sports podcast after over-promising and under-delivering for all of fall. We're back on the horse. We are. Um, so we're going to try something a little different here. Um, try a more tailored approach uh, to the podcast. And we're doing full uh, college football playoff and college football playoff national championship. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts about the Bama win? Um, a lot of special teams uh, play coming in and uh, really making a difference and uh, a nice backdoor cover at the end. <laughs> you know, you were you were disappointed we didn't get a, a backdoor cover call there, but really, what I really want to know about the game is was was Lane Kiffin involved in calling the onside kick because that was some peak Lane Kiffin game there today. We saw. A tight end turn his career around with about three plays that were clearly coming out of the Lane Kiffin play files that uh, hadn't been busted out all season long. So a proud moment for Lane Kiffin, who appropriately wore the the, the black jacket, dressing like the the Empire tonight, and uh, getting his tight end out of the open two times against an otherwise good defense. So I don't know what she thought of that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking up. Um Alabama's tight ends, his name and uh, his his date, Howard. Howard. Uh, OJ Howard, five receptions, 208 yards. No, wait, is that his stats just before tonight? No, no, yes, yes. Is that his stats on tonight? (laughs) No, tonight. (laughs) Tonight. Five receptions, 208 yards, two tutties. I mean, it's it's nuts. And nearly a third. Yeah, I mean, if he. He is, he's, he's running a down the sideline. He, he was on the hot track to a third one. That's what uh, that's what really got him. That's what won them the game or sealed the game from right there. Um, yeah, that's crazy. If on the flip side though, Clemson really was doing whatever they wanted with Bama's defense, and I don't know if I'm a Georgia fan, I was really excited about Kirby Smart coming over, but. Now, I don't know. He's doing that with a lot like a lot of all-American talent at Alabama and they got gashed. But Clemson's also Man, you got to cut Kirby some slack. He's been out recruiting for Georgia. You got to give the give the Georgia people some hope. He's he's doing two jobs at once. Not everybody can be Tom Herman, you know. It's true. Well, no, <laughs> no one can be Tom Herman. He's he's a stud at Houston in and of itself. But uh the other thing is that he you're not going to play that good of a quarterback and that good of an offense all the time in uh, a somewhat weaker SEC. We all know that the best football is in the Big Ten. Um, as, as, as Harbaugh begins. First Harbaugh call of the night. He begins his rise. Um, we're watching Nick Saban right now not even smiling on the stage with Confetti falling down all around him. We're having a, a great Saban post game right now. You see him get doused in the Gatorade. Doesn't crack a smile. Looks like it's just the most unpleasant thing that's happened to him. He's pissed. Making a face like he stepped in dog poop. There's nothing better than watching Saban react to positive things happen. 
Okay, uh, Tad, give me a... We're going to go over-under here a little bit. O.J. Howard. Over-under 25 receptions this year. Oh, he had to be under. Nah, he was over. 33. Oh, wow. So he was getting two and a half catches a game. Over-under receiving yards at 400. Okay. Oh, so you got to give me a number. Oh, 33 catches. He's a tight end. There's no way he's over 400. That's true. 394. Oh, slightly so, under. I didn't, I had, didn't have him that much. That's, so that is what Clemson was did that today. game planning for. <laughs> he, he did two-thirds of that. And there's no touchdowns before that. I think and that got repeated on the telecast about yes, 10 times. Yes, zero touchdowns. <laughs> um, so if you're Clemson, you kind of just have to be like, you know, what well, the and their their safety got hurt, right? Or safety or uh, cornerback, cornerback, whatever. We'll we'll maybe give them uh, give them the the defense that uh, that affected their pass defense, but that man was wide open twice. So I don't know, busted yeah. coverage. He was fast too. He was a fast tight end. Like he he's tall. He's he's a tall, quick tight end. More like a Jimmy Graham type. It it looked like. I just I just assume everybody at uh, everybody at Bama runs at least a four six except Jake Coker who I assume probably runs runs about as fast as he talks. Oh yeah, no, we don't gotta make fun of the draw. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's twelve thirty. Todd's a little Todd's a little cranky. It's past his bedtime, so don't don't. Uh... I love the draw. Wait, no, it's a, it's oh you do it's a like positive. The it's an endearing it's endearing slow motion. It's God, he brought watching. the he brought the A game draw to his post game interview too, so it was great to see. Great, happy for Jake Coker, you know, drifted around from Florida State, so good to see him get that big, big championship. Just a happy kid. He got pissed a lot during this game. He, I sneaky, mean, sneaky Jay Cutler potential, sneaky smoking Jay potential. He's no Christian Hackenberg in that department, but you know, I'm I'm not one to really uh, compare anyone to Jay Cutler because I feel like he's uh, he shouldn't be compared to. Um, by any other quarterbacks, just because he is the ultimate sulker and. Uh, but if you're a, and you're a Jay Cutler fan, though you you gotta and you watch Big Ten football. You've I drive. Seen, I drive the Hackenberg. Jay. I drive the Jay Cutler. You've you've seen Hackenberg and you've seen Jay Cutler potential in there. He's the uh, the pout your way through uh, delay a game penalties, spike the ball if you yes, call the, a timeout. All the, all the, the the building blocks of a Jay Cutler. Look alike are there, so I'm I'm on Hackenberg. I'm I see positive things in his career. You and, do worse than be the, the second coming of Jay Cutler. And they both have, uh, or they both had. I guess Hackenberg's done now, but both at one point had um, just horrendous offensive lines. Like you can't you can't expect a quarterback to be have a good demeanor when he's continually getting his face shoved into the turf two seconds after. He takes a snap. I mean, there's, it's just like, I don't know. So, I respect Christian Hackenberg for that, and also James Franklin, just awful coach with him. Awful. Well, I'm rooting for the Bears to draft Hackenberg so you can get mentored by the oh best. Oh my god, that'd be great. Don't joke. Don't joke with me like that. We can hold out for a couple of years and, and see how it really comes together with a a true mentor, a, a Favre Rogers situation of sorts. That'd be great. So, Todd, um, I told you that I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, we're, we're trying to, it's 2016, we're trying to legitimize the podcast a little bit more. Um, it's required by the institution, you know, like Doc Higgins said, the research class, required yes. by the university. Research class and the internship. Um, so, 
winning percentage. I'm mean, Coach A and Coach B. Coach A has an eighty-five percent or eighty-five winning percentage at Bama. A seven sixty winning percentage overall in NCAA in his NCAA coaching career. Coach B has an eight sixty-eight winning percentage at Bama and an identical seven sixty winning percentage in his NCAA coaching career. <laughs> and I have to guess. <laughs> well, the, it's it's Bama, Bama related. <laughs> well, it's it's uh it's it's Bear and Saban, right? I don't I don't have any idea which is which. It's like an eighteen point split. Normally you're supposed, to, you're supposed to give me a number that's supposed to really shock me one way or the other. This is just really hard. No, but it's shocking because so the first coach A was Saban, Coach B was Bear. So Bear was better, right? He was better at Bama. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, slightly better at Bama. Same in the NCAA total, total, but a lot more years at Bama. You know, take out Ole Miss, and Saban probably catches him. Saban never has to play Hugh Freeze. True, that <laughs> He's is probably there. Right Hugh there. Freeze, or you know, you look at the couple kind of rough years at Michigan State when he started his coaching career. He has a higher winning percentage overall. Um, Saban is a uh, is he the greatest coach in college football? Oh, right now he's a well. Right now, I know just, he can do no wrong. But he's, ever, he's the best in our lifetime. But man, I I don't know. We're we're not we're not long in the tooth enough to to judge that against Bear Bryant. But the man seems like everything he touches turns to gold. The only downside is that. He went the the way of going to the NFL and failing, which just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth, right? Or else he went the Spurrier route. People would think people would think he uh, he could do no wrong, but if it weren't for that Miami stint, but the man can coach a college football team and he can recruit like crazy. I look, he, if he keeps recruiting running backs and this uh, Robinson kid that look that look like they're just many among boys, then I don't have any problem, you know, with. Uh, with anybody saying he's the best college coach doing it, so I looked that up for you too. Um, Fifteen and seventeen in two seasons with Miami. Four sixty nine winning percentage in the NFL. And I think if we've learned anything, and maybe maybe the coach isn't the problem in Miami. That seems like there might be a wider wider issue there. I don't know. Hard to speculate, but it's not like other people have lit it on fire. But I'll stand with Nick on the decision to come back to Alabama because it's working out just fine. Adam Gase, man. Adam Gase, uh, former Bears offensive coordinator, is going to try. Oh, which, which era was Gase? Was he the, the, the fun teams, the fun no, color teams? No, just this year. Oh, just this year. Ah, so. The Jay Cutler whisperer. This was, it was still kind of a fun year, Bears year. I'll give you that. Uh, fun up until Robbie Gold lined up for field goals. And then it uh, yeah, took, a, took a took a. Bad turn. Yeah, are you ready to cut cut bay with Robbie? I don't know. It'd be an emotional moment for everyone. No, I was really, I was. We're gonna, I'm gonna jump quickly to the NFL, just for this. But Blair Walsh yesterday misses the field goal, but he goes three for four on the day. The only offense for an otherwise just abysmal. Offensive performance by Minnesota. Mind you, it was like zero degrees. Like catching a rock. Catching and kicking a rock. Go, go throw a large oval rock at your head for a little while. He's kicking like 44 and 46 field goals with a rock. <laughs> and 
he yes, he just completely shanks the field goal to take him to the next round, take his team to the next round. But then all of a sudden, like people are tweeting and and we I was watching in the apartment next door. People are saying, "Oh, Blair's gonna get cut." You know, I should cut Walsh right away. Like, how are you gonna cut a guy who you would have lost ten nothing otherwise? You literally would have been shut out at home in your in. You know, the Minnesota tundra, the Minnesota cold. I feel bad for kickers. Kickers have the saddest existence, you know. It's college kickers, nobody knows their name until they screw up. And then pro kickers, everybody just assumes assumes the worst. But, yeah, the, the Vikings handled it well. They had, they had mostly positive stuff behind it. But it did repeat the lesson that social media is a sad and scary place for specialists. Because, as I, as I can imagine... The Michigan punter probably got some of too. People just oh yeah. People will hide behind a screen name and say whatever, whatever they take out whatever frustrations they have on the world on a special teams guy. So it's a tough place to inhabit in, in this day and age. For those counting at home, it's been two episodes and we brought up the Michigan punter and the Michigan. A hundred percent of the time. Of the time. And so, we'll be trying to maintain that streak as long as possible. It's part of my uh, my therapy. Um, to get over the loss and the fact that they never led that game until they scored the touchdown as time expired and they got beat thirty eight nothing by Alabama in the four. Well, you know, what does that mean that uh Michigan might have scored a touchdown on Bama? Who knows? But Oh I'm not I'm not you know, into you that. Got, you got Harbaugh, so so be happy. We do Harbaugh. man. We're Arbonne. we're jumping right in, man. <laughs> this is gonna be us next year. We're gonna be running through the running all around. Where is it next year? Do you even know where? Where the title game is? Yeah. I don't. Is it gonna be in San Francisco? That's the that's the route these days. We take everything to to San Francisco. We've already been to Arlington. No, I think they gotta have it where a bowl is because last year is where the Cotton Bowl was. I don't know. This seems this seems like something we could we could solve over Google. So I'll leave that to you as the research director of research. Twenty seventeen. It is at. I'm calling it Levi Stadium. No. Proven wrong. Uh, Tampa, Florida. Ooh. So what, Raymond James? Yeah. I wonder if the cannons will be will be gone. Yeah, no, I think. I think you keep the cannon. I think they, they got that boat. You know, they just decorate the boat with whatever. They'll they'll put an elephant on it, I assume Alabama will be back or whatever, so. Yeah, and then they'll then they'll put a uh, a Wolverine. <laughs> so you heard it here first. We've got Bama Bama versus Michigan in next year's title game. It'll it'll be great. It'll be exciting. Tampa's a Tampa's a fun place. But the uh the um, semifinals, for those wondering, uh, Fiesta Bowl, so... Arizona. Arizona. And Peach Bowl, so Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I was also doing research on Nick Saban, I looked at just what Dabo Sweeney's done. Swinney? They, I'm not it's sure. Swinney? Sweeney? Sweeney? It's spelled Swinney, but some people say it's Sweeney on TV. Well, Dabo, uh, Dabo won my heart when he uh, just reamed out the journalist. I don't know if you saw this video. He reams 
out the journalist for asking about Clemsoning. Yes. Just great video. Takes them on, and I think they won. They won that game by like. I want to say maybe, at least a touchdown. Like they they were losing for a little bit, but then they came back, and like I respect that. And now, what did the reporter asking though? I I remember I enjoyed the takedown by Dabo Swinney Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. But if I think the reporter's question was something like, "Is this the death of Clemsoning or something? Is this the is this mark the official end of Clemsoning?" So. You know, Dabo may have overreacted to uh, to the question a little bit, but I appreciate the fire that that man seems to take to every interaction he has with every human ever. You he's can, bringing he's bringing a thousand percent energy to every conversation he has. You can call him Dabo Swinney, and I'll call him Dabo Sweeney. You know what? So Clemson's got one of the best social media teams in college athletics. So let's put it out to them. They needed. They need to tweet out a, a Dabo Sweeney pronunciation guide at some point. Maybe a video would be helpful. That's good off-season content, and it would really help people out there that are trying to figure out how to say this man's name. God bless if anyone on Clemson social media is listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> we can this dream. Is... God bless anybody who's listening, but especially oh, if, yeah. if some, some poor intern at Clemson that is making off-season content. We need to know how to pronounce the coach's name. I, For the life of me, I've pronounced it three different ways on this podcast already. People have been waiting. People have been waiting for this podcast. Oh, here. Here, we got it. We're going we're going social media. First multimedia. We're going media now. Multimedia oh, on the podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, people saying, uh, how are you possibly going to get ready for this game? And, and I know as unfair as that term has been in the way it's been applied to, to Clemson, the whole Clemsoning thing and losing games you're not supposed to, how... Does this team kind of approach that differently in your mind? Is it a matter of, like you said, that, that you're focused one game at a time, or is it a matter that they don't even think about it anymore? Well, I think it's ridiculous that you're even asking me that question. Ridiculous. Uh, that you even say the word. I mean, I'm serious. I'm sick of it. I don't even know why said, we even bring up the dead gun word. You put a four-letter four word out there, though, he double react. To unranked opponents all the time. It's a third win. And then you know he was the best part about it is he was ready like he was ready for that question he had stats he had stuff to back it somewhere up somewhere their SID pulled some late nights on Davo's behalf oh he so knew Davo he knew you call him Davo I'll call him Davo <laughs> I got Davo alright so uh, Davo um, he's I think he started in 08 since then he's a two time ACC championship uh, or ACC champ Clemson is. Um, he was five and three in bowls. Now he's five and four. Uh, but seven forty two. Count the playoff win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Seven forty two winning percentage. Clemson. I mean, Andy recruits. He recruits like hell. It seems like Clemson loves the guy. Like he he bought the whole place pizza. I mean, a shout out to whatever pizza place got to pick that up. I don't know what's big in in South Carolina. Papa John's is big in the pe- in the in the football circles these days. I think it is Papa John's. Dabo dropped a pretty penny, so I assume whatever bonus he got for making the playoffs went right to a pizza. So, God bless the man. The dab wasn't named for Dabo, right? He just did the dab. Yeah, no, it's a, that was good. I think probably he appropriated a little bit there, but it fits. So I think we'll give him a pass. In, took, it, took it from Cam. In your eyes, he And did, they're in the Carolinas. It's fine. I mean, in your eyes, he did the dab. Yeah, like, he did the dab. The dab or the dab. <laughs> um, 
about? Is there anything else to talk about in for this game? Nashville title game before we before we leave Saban behind, we we had a great talking point. Oh, Nick did. Saban, the sartorial choices of of one Nicholas Saban. We noticed he's walking around the sideline today wearing what appeared to be about Air Pegasus twenty fours, twenty five, something from about eight years ago. They seem to be in pretty good condition, so. The question that comes to mind is the amount of gear that Alabama must get from Nike on a yearly basis. How Nick Saban is even able to find eight-year-old Air Pegasus, or if he's just been saving up specific pairs, or does he have a guy at Nike that's sending him back backlogged pairs of old Air Pegasus shoes? I just have a lot of questions about how Nick Saban chooses his footwear and why that particular pair. I mean, that's a that's a comfortable, affordable running shoe for the everyman, but. Nick can afford something a little better. Maybe a Zoom structure. Uh, you know... Uh, maybe the Vomeros. For a man so frugal as Nick Saban, who uh, has gotten his mortgage paid for by Alabama donors and <laughs> makes more money than God, um, you know, maybe he just likes to stick with his shoe. I mean, I, I respect that. I'd, it's probably the same... Probably the same style pair he got in their first uh, first national title of the year. Bama Maybe. Or Maybe there's some superstition there. Well, and I think if if Bama lost this game, which they were getting gashed in the second and third quarters, and in the fourth too. I mean, they they just they won it on special teams. But if they lose that game, what's Tuscaloosa doing? They it would have been it would have been a an even more prolonged drought. For they have to win a fourth year. Yeah. Now the real the the other question I have, as long as we're still in the national title, is is our own uh, Robert Bolden Esquire had a little tweet run the other day about uh, some saving speculation for pro jobs, and that uh, you know he normally doesn't buy in, but then the fact that Paul Finnebaum didn't shoot it down because Finnebaum's the saving whisperer made him think it might have had some legs if they didn't win the national title. But now if you're saving. You're breathing down Bear Bryant's neck, so you're you're in it at Bama for the for the foreseeable future now. But I thought that was an interesting discussion that there was there was whispers out there and people that, that know weren't shooting it down. Dabo but, Swinney, Paul Finnebaum, Dabo Sweeney, Paul, Paul Feinbaum. I just don't I don't deal below the Mason Dixon lines. It's very tough <laughs> for me. Oh, Speaking of Dabo, we're watching his post game right now, and he just looks dejected. For a guy that he might have cried in the locker room, his eyes were a little puffy. Oh, he definitely cried in the locker That's room. That's tough. I respect that emotion. Raw. Uh, I, I I think I think it says a lot to um, the players if if your coach is that invested that he shows that sort of raw emotion in the locker room. I think it it means a lot. You know, beyond the puffy eyes, what I notice is that his. Uh, Nike patented coach's left arm pocket. It's is, wide uh, open. It's it's unzipped. So was he actually keeping something in there? And what do you think coaches keep in there? Because I, for the life of me, can't figure out what we're supposed to put in that pocket. Maybe uh, a phone? But they're not keeping a phone in there. You know, Russell, the official outfitter of Ohio Athletics, um, has gone to the side <laughs> pocket as well. Uh, the arm side The pocket. upper arm side pocket is in. And... Uh, I put my credit card in there one time uh, when I was out at the bars and proceeded to forget about it and uh, thought I had lost that credit card for um, a 
couple hours. I thought it's not. It wasn't a couple of days. Then throw it in the wash. Thank God. But uh, it's better than finding twenty bucks in your pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. A little more stressful. A but. lot more stressful. Um, concerning my bank account, it could have been twenty bucks in my pocket, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a great national championship game. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, People we, who went to the game got their money's worth. Yeah, I mean... Darren Ravel tweeted the night. Somebody got a ticket for uh, 80 bucks, so that guy got his money's worth. Ravel loves to look at that stuff. He loves that stuff. Give me all those tidbits I never knew I wanted to know. What do you think? You know uh, You know how Ravel does the, the name, the headline, after a big event? Mm-hmm. What do you think, like, Ravel's top headlines are for this game <laughs> i'm not good at this we had what did we have the other day in the apartment the bungle in the jungle oh, that was a good yeah, one for the for yeah. the Bengals game but i don't know about this one i'm shocked that i'm shocked jim nance might have said that too and we just might have been <laughs> we might have been dude, we might have been freaking out and didn't hear him so but that's uh, that would have been peak nance what what would we have for i would probably go you, you gotta say there's something with the role Roll Tide or Crimson Tide. Um, dab No. Maybe Dab No. <laughs> that's, that, that's, probably, that's probably in there somewhere. That's somewhere deep in Darren's mentions is a Dab No. Uh, or a Dab No. Oh, uh, Dab, yep. Depending on, <laughs> depending on which side of the fence we're sitting on. Yeah. Let's see. I don't even know if he did this. He might not have even done it. He might have stopped. People it got, might have it got stale. He was tired of reading his mentions. He got tired of Mark Titus. Yeah. Cool. Um, he did have... Oh, he had Troll Tide. Ah. Um, which, that was about shirts, right? Yeah, that was about I shirts. I did see that tweet. Okay. So, there's, there's no... There's no... You make the headline, so... I don't know. He does have a tweet about the ESPN pylon cam, which took a beating... Oh, yeah. Today. Got some great shots, though. It's good. I like it. I'm surprised it took this long. What a great it. what a great feature. Yeah, I've, I think I've assumed since I was about 12 that that technology was available. And then now I'm, I love it. We've got, we're getting HD shots from there. We are. Let's, give, a, let's give that HD, HD feed to uh, Clemson Social Media. We'll get some great content out of there. Yep, with Dabo. I don't even have to look them up from my phone in football once you give that to the social media people. They do kill it. I mean, this is the... Th- the third mention of the Clemson social media team, but they kill it. They, they were a great in-game follow. So they do a really good if job. If they continue to succeed and people were watching them, you gotta you got to follow Clemson on uh, social media, especially Twitter and then, uh, Vine. Apparently they have a good team of students that work in multimedia and help them produce a bunch of stuff really fast, so everything's really relevant. It's it's a really good model for, uh, for colleges out there if people want to take a look at it. If you can get talented students on board to help get that content out quick, it's good stuff. I enjoy I enjoyed every minute of what they did tonight. So And uh, you know, if their development team is looking to hire someone, uh, <laughs> you know, they do a great job as well. And, and you know, always uh, you know, if they have a I don't know, assistant director spot open or maybe even development coordinator, who knows? I mean, who knows? You know? I get that you'd struggle in that humidity, but I would. You see me on the golf course at ninety degrees. Holy moly! I'd be. I'd be. It'd be tinkle time. It's not. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. Oh yeah. It'd be like, like Wayne Tinkle. Look like Wayne Tinkle when he takes his jacket off in the in the second half. 
For anyone uh, who is completely lost on what we're talking about, uh, Google search Wayne Tinkle sweat. You'll find a man who sweats very profusely and for some reason doesn't cover it up with his, his suit jacket in any way. So. Wayne Tinkle, and for those of you saying, who in God's name is Wayne Tinkle, well, Proud you obviously don't know. Oregon State basketball coach. Best basketball coach in the Pac-12 right now. Yes. Uh, you got the mitten. You got... Uh, got Tinkle 2. You got the kid son. on the team. Yep. Freshman, it's, right? It's, he's a freshman. It's a fun time to be an Oregon State basketball yeah. fan for the first time in a while and... Wayne Tinkle and his sweat stains are a big part of that. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've uh, we've pretty much beaten the uh, the college football national championship. Um, we had other topics for college football on deck. We had uh, Michigan looking to rub some people the wrong way, and this is this is more up your alley. But we read about uh, yes. uh, sources with sources out there saying that. Michigan wants to move part of spring camp down to Florida, right? In Bradenton? IMG Academy, baby. IMG Academy, home of all of the world's greatest athletes below the age of 18. And uh, Harbaugh's looking to get some of that face time with him, it sounds like. that's What's uh, what's the word from your neck of the woods? Um, well, sources. Sources always seem to know. They always seem to know more than... Uh, well, than anyone else. But, um, yeah, pretty much uh, what you had said, just uh, nothing's been officially announced yet. They did announce, um, so Harbaugh started last year the uh, the Michigan um, football camp, and so it's the whole Michigan football staff, and then he got his brother John, head coach in Baltimore, and their whole staff to come. And last year, I forget who their their keynote was, but this year they Swiss announced. and Rob Ryan. They keep yeah, the no, no, no. We we keep them. <laughs> we keep them out. Uh, no, Mike Martz is this year. Uh, so that was the first big announcement. And then um, this IMG thing, which I think is brilliant. Um, I'm it. I'm sure the whole SEC is literally beside themselves because, God forbid, some some coach from another school other than an SEC school come up with an idea um, in terms of getting an edge in recruiting. But, um, yeah, he's going down or trying to go down and show show the South some, uh, some Michigan football. I mean, people got a taste of what they liked in the 41-7 uh, to 7, uh, blowout in the Citrus Bowl. Um, Those Florida kids know where to go now. Yeah, they know. Um, it'll be interesting. I think my gut is saying that it probably won't happen uh, because I'm sure there's some issue in terms of practice time and, and school or being off campus. But at the same time, like I know Northwestern goes to Kenosha, Wisconsin for their spring ball. But or may, it might not be their spring ball. It might be summer. I think it's their summer. I think uh, they'll if there's a way to do it, they'll find a way. But it's. I mean, he's definitely the, gonna find a way. The he's, risk is it's gonna. It, what is it gonna set off in other teams? But the interesting here's my only research done for the night is uh, come from the national title game today. So talking about this regional recruiting and why Michigan would need to do this when it seems like they're in the Midwest. There's there's some cities. There's some talent up there, but. The actual stat that came out tonight was the last national title team 
uh, without a player from Texas, without a recruit from Texas, was the 1991 Washington Huskies. So since look at you, 20 what's that's that? a stat of the night. What is that? 25 years. Yeah. That uh, if you didn't have a recruit from Texas, you weren't winning the national title. So that is uh, that's a pretty incredible stretch. And obviously, we're talking about Florida right now, but it shows uh, how important being able to melt those recruiting hotbeds is for teams that are a little further away, like Michigan. So. If Harbaugh needs to find creative ways to do it, Harbaugh's going to find creative ways to do it. See, and I thought I was going to, I was coming in with my Coach A, Coach B, and really stealing the thunder with the research, and here you are going through with that one. I snuck one in. I snuck one in, but I, uh, I didn't, didn't have any comparisons to make there. Maybe if I had a Florida comparison of win the last team without somebody from Florida, but I, I didn't come ready with that. Odds that Gary Anderson uh, brings the. Oregon State Beavers down to Florida or Albuquerque, New Mexico, maybe. We have, we have a great uh, Texas pipeline, so I don't think we're too worried about it. The, the Rogers brothers really opened that up for us. Jaquiz and James, some proud proud Beavers, uh, Texas born and raised. And Storm Woods, another running back. So they've, just had, they've had a good run there, and I think they're, uh, they'll keep it up, up north where we're comfortable. But. Yeah, but I think um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what this kind of uh, how this plays out in terms of what major schools will do like big power five schools are doing in terms of um, spring ball I I said in terms of twice within 30 (laughs) seconds I love Harbaugh just shaking it up little Hellraiser Harbaugh because he's got the uh, he's doing this in the spring camps and then He's active on Twitter. You saw, I'm sure you saw his, uh, after the 49ers Just Tom Troll, the uh, don't be deceived, you will reap what you sow tweet, which I assume is a, uh, was a sub-tweet. Is a, Jed York, man. I'm used to seeing sub-tweets maybe back when we were high school aged and the language wasn't quite as refined as you will reap what you sow, but no. that, that had all the tone of a sub-tweet, so. I mean, the guy, the guy is like, he shot, he shot Michigan in the arm for sure, or he's been a huge shot in the arm for Michigan fans and just uh, the fan base and, and I think the players sound like they loved him and I think I, it, I think the Big Ten likes him too. World, yeah, I, I do. I mean... Was he a public figure at, at San Francisco? I mean, in the sense that everybody knew who he was, but like he didn't have a Twitter account. He wasn't he got off Twitter. people. He, he was, was great on Twitter. He wasn't shaking people up and now at Michigan, man, we're getting some tweets and we're getting all this fun Harbaugh talk. I'm all in on Harbaugh. Hellraiser Harbaugh. He was I'm great on in. Twitter for Stanford, and then he got rid of it in the NFL. Well, I guess in Stanford he needed to control USC, so yeah, yeah. that was it was a really crucial part of what he was doing. Uh, Wale tweeted, Harbaugh for Prez, hashtag 2020. He just wins things with whatever he has. Ha ha. And Harbaugh retweets it and says, Okay, partner, we're doing this as long as you are my VP. Harbaugh Wale 2020, you with me? Question mark. See, look at this. So Harbaugh's taking on Kanye. Kanye. You thought Kanye had a great ticket. I'd vote for Harbaugh Wale over Kanye, whoever Kanye is running with. That would be my world's colliding. I don't I think, know. I think Kanye designated a running partner at some point, but... Uh, Kim. <laughs> oh, man, you can't. You got to get it out of the family there. Uh, I don't know. Once you're, once you're in, you can't really... Can't really get out of that. It's a shame now with with Michigan leaving leaving Adidas. We're not getting a a good Harbaugh Kanye collaboration. We're never gonna get like a 
a positive Harbaugh verse now out of Kanye, which might have been a thing if he'd rode with Adidas a little longer, but maybe we'll get a Drake verse with, if, if, maybe there's one out there. We could, I gotta get Digby in here for a hip-hop, hip-hop features discussion, or maybe Zabo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh... Go to the hip-hop heads department. That would be... I mean, how long is Kanye gonna stay with Adidas, though? Like, he's meant for Nike. As long as they keep letting him make... Well, he just released a Nike diss track, man. He's burning bridges. He was mean on that track. He is very mean. He was very, he was very provocative, but... Adidas has let him do a lot of stuff. He's getting, doing, getting into clothing lines and making all sorts of different kind of shoes and... Maybe they're just giving him more creative control. Who knows, but... Good for Kanye. Whatever. He, he made a sneaker commercial of a song, so... Yeah. See, this is what you get with this podcast in 2016. We start with a substantive national championship talk, and then we, we go into Kanye and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so, um, what we're going to try and do, I think... Uh, in the next couple of months is number one podcast more than once. That's uh, key. That's a big part this of the strategy. Is number one, or else nothing else works. But uh, make it a lot more tailored uh, approaches. So pick a topic. So pick a topic and stick stay, to it, and then and talk about Kanye and Harbaugh. Yes, regardless. Um, so so throwing some uh, some ideas out here. Um, throwing bows with bow. Uh, talking hoops with uh, Andy Zabo. Uh, Bloomington Normal's finest. Yes. Uh, blow now. Um, and, and that has anything to do with on-the-court uh, play and uh, playoffs and, and conference play for Pac-12 and Big 12 and obviously the Big 10, the best basketball conference in in uh, college, but also Mac Ohio's ten and four, big Bowling Green on the rise uh, game tomorrow. But action, um, don't count it out just because football season's over. No, yeah, but Zabo uh, will come in for that, and uh, also fashion as well. We're gonna talk about NBA socks at some point. Yeah, we're promising. Stance, stance is we've big. got some. We've got some in house for a test run, and we can we can really dig deep on stance. Um, was thinking uh, for hockey. Uh, I don't know how big a hockey aficionado you are, Todd, but Blue Line Buttes with uh, Patty D, and and we could bring Shire in, too. We could, we could do it with Shire. I could, I could get in on hockey for that. Yeah. I pretty much just uh, cheer along with you with the Blackhawks, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll buy in on a hockey pod for uh, uh, to hang out with those two for a little bit. So we've got options. We've got good guests. We've got good potential topics, and it's... Looking up for the future. Yeah, so I would say, uh, number one, uh, we appreciate you listening to the first two podcasts and uh, all the great feedback from our friends who have... People people who want to clown on us after the first one. Yes, so, so please, clown on us for the second one. Um, it only makes us better. It only does. But uh, yeah, we'll be back... Probably this week, hopefully. Uh, hopefully get a get Zabo in the studio, which is our living room, and uh, and get him going. He's a busy man, but he's not as busy as last semester. So I think we'll be able to, to wrangle him in. We'll be able to get him. Mac, uh, Mac basketball tomorrow night, Ohio. Got a game with the Convo. Lights out in the Convo at 7. It's going to be a good time. Tune in. Free jerseys. 
Free jerseys for the first uh, 1,500 fans. Yeah, uh, free McDonald's for students. Um, they're fun. They're a fun team. Jerron Simmons and, uh, and Tony Campbell are... Big are, Tone. That's a big duo. If, if they can keep going, and uh, Dardis is a stud. Um, Gavin Block had a, a freaky injury mm. on Saturday. Um, but I think he, he's, he's okay. Which is good. He's been he's been great, Illinois kid. Uh, but but Saul's great, and and the team's fun. And Saul ball's coming around. Yeah. So uh, come on out. Um, but until then, anything more to say, Tom? Nope. We'll catch him next time. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.